Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Good morning! Let's go. Covering the sports and teams you care about all through your morning. Ramon Foster. Guys, like shoot that bird. Kayla Anderson. Ride or die, and it's going more the die road right now. And Will Bowling. I don't think I would sit at that lunch table. Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Ruth by Ethan Rose. On 104.5 The Zone. Kane is in the building. Wednesday morning and a very warm welcome to the middle of your week. We are Ramon, Kayla, and Will, RKW, brewed by 8th and Rose, 615-737-1045 with Tennessee Titans general manager Rand Carthon sitting down with Titans radio on the OTP. Some interesting things that he said that we will play for you. If you missed that conversation, go listen to it on the OTP, but we give you the highlights and we give you four hours of great football, sports, and life lesson discussion. With about Foster and Kayla Anderson, Robert Walsh, our producer, I'm Will Bowling, streaming live on 104.5 The Zone TV, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Push, please. Good morning, everyone. Good, Good morning. morning. I woke up this morning and I thought, is 3HL in Vegas yet? Oh, of course, they're in Vegas. Of course. They, they landed, you know late in our time but probably early there oh yeah and i'm thinking what's the first thing they did because the voodoo donuts i saw this morning on twitter they stopped by and ron slay made it clear that if you did not stop by voodoo donuts this was going to be a problem before we got on that flight so i'm like i wonder what they did when they got to vegas he said that uh he said the devil made him go to voodoo donuts too, by the way <laughs> okay that would make sense <laughs> trip me out voodoo <laughs> ain't coming from heaven yeah. <laughs> no it is not that is not coming there but man uh the, what they need to make sure they're doing is catching you don't want to get caught slacking going to vegas with the lack of sleep sure Th- that's the first thing you can do i would probably say he probably stayed up their afternoon show, but the morning starts early over at the Super Bowl stuff. Yeah. So that's the other thing, too, is depending on their schedule. You just don't want it by, by Friday. You do not want to be spent. That's it. Oh, my God. You want to still be alive because the yeah. most time I ever spent in Vegas was three days, and yeah. that was enough. What I was Whew. not okay with was Joe and Babs yesterday, y'all. What about what the, what? What happened? Not okay with Joe saying he knows how to count cards. And I he's heard that. Gonna signal to Babs. Oh no! Yes. Oh no! He said, <laughs> and he's just, oh my god! He gave the craziest story ever. It's like him and Babs are formulating a plan to to signal to hit or not hit and stuff like that. He said, if I lose count, I'm like Joe knows how to count cards. Of course, Joe Easy <laughs> know how to count cards. Blew yeah. my mind, but that's not smart. They got AI in those casinos, I'm sure, now. So you can't have your phone. Okay, pardon me, because I do not gamble. So yeah. you can't have your phone around. or You can on, have okay. it around. If you're going to text at the blackjack table where, where you count cards, at, sure. you can text in between hands and stuff like okay. that. It cannot be on the table. On the table. Or while the game is going on. You can spin around and mess with your phone or something like that if you hadn't received a hand. Got it. But 
Joe is trying to wink and nod to Babs about uh, counting cards. Goodness. Yeah, you that know is... when they see your fingers out, he's like one, two, yeah. three, four. I think that's four eights. They're going to know that you're counting cards. You can't even attempt to count cards. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Shout out to Joe for knowing how to count. Mm-hmm. What well, they mess you up these days, though, is they recirculate the e- each hand. So you okay. get an opportunity like... <laughs> I shouldn't know this, but if you get the opportunity where, where I think most casinos will uh, shuffle three or four decks, if they only do three or four decks and not re-enter the cards into the shuffle, then you can start counting. Okay. I don't know how to count. I honestly think it will complicate the game a little bit too much for me because when I know I got a surefire hit, I'm going to be doubling and tripling down oh, yeah. every single... Sir, that is only a eight. You sure you want to double? Yes, I want to double down. I want to double down. Okay, yes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Joe, he's not to count cards. Dang, mathematician there. Whew. I thought you were going to stop at one point and just say, I didn't know Joe knew how to count. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, who uh, runs 3HL when he gets put in casino jail? I don't know. Which 3HL host is most likely to run Zone TV and run the show? It's a great I'd question. Love to see Kirby trying to run oh. Zone TV. Goodness. Well, he, he usually does still try to. He ends up failing in that endeavor, but he does still try to run his own TV. Yeah, because Brent was like convinced one person out of that group there there was just something that was going to go down. Oh my God. I'm like, don't wish that into existence. You shouldn't speak that into existence, Mayor. Why would he even bring that up? Why would he even bring that up? It, it's going to be him. I know. I'm telling you, it's going to be Mayor. He he going to jail this week, y'all. Hangover part. It, it was a lot ten. easier going to Hoover, Alabama with that group. There were a lot sure. less ways that the devil could tempt yes. you with his voodoo. <laughs> yeah. sure. Voodoo Mama Juju. <laughs> <laughs> Is any anybody anybody picking Savage? Like Savage got to go to no. Charlotte on Friday. So. No, he's been tested, and he's too savvy. He knows how to handle his business. <laughs> like I feel like. He's been in too many situations. He's not going to. He's passed a lot of tests. (laughs) Yeah. Slay is among the smartest people just that I know. Just he he is. When you live in Europe for that long, you are tested. That's a lot more than 40 days in the wilderness. That's a lifetime. That's a career in the wilderness. You said Slay's been. He has. He's been tested. He's come out on the other end. Yeah, and there's so much truth in that. Will. You live in Europe for that long, you get tested. I don't know. No, I've heard. I've heard a lot of his stories, both on and off air. Right. That are FCC compliant, and some that maybe aren't. No, that's not true. They just all what they are, but your life experiences, right? That might be doing. If that's the case, then. I'm I'm putting my money on mayor. It's mayor that's getting locked up. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was I my money agree. from the start. From the start. Respectfully, I would agree. <laughs> Respectfully, it, it'll be a misdemeanor. It ain't gonna be nothing crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about speaking things into existence. <laughs> I think Dawn would go kicking and screaming so much that they just wouldn't want to deal Yo, with it. Oh yeah, <laughs> they'd be like, "No, we're letting her go." Brent would Brent would want to do it and allow himself to go to casino jail just to meet people and have stories to tell in the next day's show. <laughs> Man, you guys wouldn't believe who I met yesterday. Oh, goodness. Man, this guy had one eye. All right? Wow. That's crazy. No I asked if he wanted to come on the show tomorrow. He said he, he was going to be uh, he was gonna be predisposed. 615-737-1045. What's your, what's your crazy jail story? Oh, what's your crazy jail story? Yeah. Call in right now. Yeah. I'm with him right there with I'm with you. you. I'm with you on that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. That- <laughs> who would bail him out is the question. That's the question. Uh, who, man, I'm sure who out of those three? Kirby, Kirby probably secretly travels with like 10 grand in cash. Oh, yes. 
It just puts in the safe. Like, oh, no, bag. I'm always ready. It, it is crazy yeah. in the bag of Kirby's tricks on a trip like that. When I went to L.A. with him and we got there, just the two of us on our own the first day in Los Angeles to set up everything before 3HL got there the next day, I think is the way it worked. Yeah. Or no, no, they got there late that night. They got there at like 11 and we were in L.A. at like five or six, I think. Uh-huh. Like the amount of things that guy has prepared in his bag. Like in probably ancient like witch doctor treatments to like treat just the common cold. Like I don't know, but the guy does. is prepared with genuinely everything. Is he's like, no, I've seen every ailment that any of you people can possibly have before you do a radio show. It's like, does he ever get? Is he ever the one that's sick that no. needs taken care of? That's amazing. Not Since even. he drinks Pepsi and smokes cigarettes, it's amazing. Kirby probably has like a few apps on his phone. Like he's probably not, you know, super savvy yeah. with the apps. But one of those apps is a network of bells bondsmen in each city. That his he his heart gave up on him being a normal human years ago. <laughs> like at this point, his heart's on autopilot. Like, yeah, oh you take God. it from here. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be just fine. Just cruise, baby. Maybe at the end, baby. That's whenever, right. whenever yeah. you decide, <laughs> you know. Cruise. He, his heart got annoyed of arguing with Kirby. Yes, like the did. rest of us. Oh, me, oh my! That's great. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Coming up this morning, Rand Carthon had a very interesting visit. Long forty five minute conversation with Titans Radio on the OTP. We will play you some of that conversation because Ramon Foster was in the room for the conversation. It was. Mm. It's very, uh, I'm telling y'all, I, I know you're probably going to think, oh, well, of course, Mo, you're supposed to say that you had a conversation with him and all those things. That's a things. good, what, what voice is that? I, I don't know. It's, it's a new one. So, using my making fun of people. It kind of is like that. that. It was. Uh, there it is. To find her dad. <laughs> Get out. It's what? Too early it sounds already. like the, the whale from <laughs> Elf. <laughs> but what, oh, yeah. but what's, what's fascinating, the on camera stuff and off camera conversations, like you, if you're a Titans fan, and I'm saying this because I've seen it and heard it and heard them talk about the other places that they've been at, uh, you're in good hands. Again, the product on the field has to – that's all that matters in the end, right? I don't care how what they say and everything, but the method in, in, what, in, in which they're going about this and how and what they're saying, like I, I, this, this, this front office, and Rand says it in the um, – in in the OTP episode, they have tiers and like stacks of players, like to where if they run into certain situations, they have an answer for it. Uh, it's so collaborative that you're gonna think it's corny with the stuff that they're saying, but it's so real though. Uh, you're in good hands. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. If if I was in deeply embedded and heck I am now in this organization. You will you will see some stuff come to light. You're gonna be like, okay, I see why right. now they're going about this. A really dope, deep conversation. Not just to him. The Chad Brinker one was just as good too. Um, a lot of answers to a lot of questions people have. Have you just get 40 minutes on each episode, and you're gonna get all the answers you need? Yeah. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Also this morning, Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel at seven twenty previews some Tennessee hoops coming up tonight. Tennessee and LSU in the Artist formerly known as Thompson Bowling Arena. So we'll do that in hour two. Duke Mannyweather is an offensive line trainer for the NFL draft who is highly respected as one of the best offensive line coaches and teachers in that world. And he does a great job with this group called OL Masterminds. He is going to join us at 820. He has got a long list of offensive line prospects he is working with through the draft process, and that includes a couple of interior linemen who are of specific interest here to the Titans, and also a tackle that could be the pick at number seven, 
who is regarded by some as the number one tackle in the draft, and Olu Fashanu from Penn State. So we will talk to Duke about him coming up at 8.20 an hour three this morning. Rhett Bryan of Titans Radio joins us for his weekly visit at 9 o'clock. He'll be with us for the 9 and 9.20 conversations. And then our guy Inky Johnson, Midweek Motivation, wraps up the show at the end of your Wednesday. But coming up next, Rand Carthon explains why him and Brian Callahan were not in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Here is explanation next. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at cumulusboost.com. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the lenpenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They're yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Kick it off the show on RKW Brewed by 8th and Rose, 615-737-1045. The best coffee in Nashville can be found on 8th Avenue, Charlotte, the airport, or the Broadview at Vanderbilt. 8th and Roast Coffee cultivates community by the cup. Ramon Foster was a part of a Titans Radio sit-down conversation with General Manager Rand Carthon that had some interesting nuggets in it. Mike Keith, Coach Mack, Rhett Bryan, all a part of that conversation. If you want to hear it in its entirety, I would encourage you, if you're a Titans fan, to check out the OTP, the official Titans podcast, which is a must-listen for any Titans fans. 45-minute conversation, including... One nugget I thought was particularly interesting, considering some of the criticism of Ran and Brian Callahan for not being at the Senior Bowl. What's going on? I'm frozen. He's, yeah, don't mind if open. you're in the FNM bank chat. Just if you're watching on 1045 yeah. The Zone TV, one of our cameras is uh, on the fritz. So there you go. That's what's happening, I guess. Now we figured out we can just always it's replace Ramon. Funny, Anyone can be Ramon now if we just leave that camera frozen. Pretty funny. Bert locked eyes with me. That's the reason I stopped. Oh, you have a picture of Ramon just completely uh, just gasping like someone just told him that his dog died <laughs> in the FNM big chat. So if I'm you want to look at a really funny frozen picture of Ramon, there you go. You got like five seconds before I fix it. <laughs> I love hers. Lovely. We'll put it up. So this was Rand Carthon on why he didn't go to the Senior Bowl with Brian Callahan. We're still building the staff. You know, which is first and foremost, which is really important. Um, you know, our job as scouts is to go out and find the players and help set the table. But it's also we need to have a direction, you know, and what we want those players to look like, what type of schemes we want to run. And the only way we're able to do that is if we have coaches. And so um, I felt it was important for me to dedicate myself to Brian and be here and help him in any way possible. Um, and the cool thing was he felt it was important for every coach that we may want to hire on the staff for me to get a chance to meet them, ask my questions for them to see if they're a culture fit for what we're trying to build here. 
So that was Rand's initial answer about this. Coach Mack then made another point later in the interview about how it was one of his regrets when he was a head coach immediately after he got the job going to the Senior Bowl because everyone wants to come congratulate you about going and getting a head coaching gig, and you can't actually watch the film. This was another answer from Rand uh, and some more context on why he and Brian uh, did not go to Mobile. In this day and age, you know, there's there's film, everything's recorded, you know, so it's not like, no, we were not there in Mobile, but we're going to be able to go back and watch every practice, be able to watch every, you know, every player. And then with the technology now, it's if you want to just hone in on one single player, we'll have the ability to just click that player and see every practice rep this person has had on special teams and every drill that they were in. So we'll be able to see it. It's not like the senior bowl will not be watched by the two of us. It's just at that moment we were not down uh, in Mobile because, again, we're here uh, trying to figure out this coaching staff, which is coming to, you know, coming together nicely, I feel. Um and that's 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 very very important. That's very very important because again, you know, if, if we're just out there scouting with no direction of the scouting, then you know, again, it goes back to what I talked about. Hunting at the same time isn't the same as hunting together. We're just all out there hunting because this is this is this is what we're supposed to do. I think it's a fair answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty much saying that's not what I was just about to write that down. We can talk about it right now. Just don't waste time. What? Why, why are we not pointing and where we're trying to go and what we're looking for and how we're looking for it also? Um, and he's right about that as far as the tape. They will have it broken down by player 55, player 2, player 17, all the way through every single guy. That tape will be in all 32 camps when it comes down, comes down to how they will be reviewing and scouting guys and stuff like that. I did think it was very unique hearing Coach Mack say that was probably one of the worst decisions he had as a head coach was to go to the senior bowl because here's the thing. There are other people down there who are looking for jobs, and they know if you are the new guy with the job, they're going to come talk to you about that, those types of things too. And, of course, with TV being there and the buzz and agents, he also mentioned that earlier too, You know, speaking with agents and other scouts about what they had saw. They are well informed on it, but it really breaks down to the fact that, look, building this staff and how they're going to coach and what their expectations of a player is is way more important than you having face value at the camp, I mean, at the uh, senior bowl. Uh, they also acknowledged something Mike Keep, I'm not sure if we have that clip, brought up the fact that the Los Angeles Rams only sent three people. Three people, yep. To the senior bowl. Including um, not their head coach and general manager. Neither right. one of Just them. Just scouts. Yeah. And they may have been more regional scouts than any of you guys down south, closer to the uh, senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Let's go down and go. Um, so it's not that the importance in the se- of the senior bowl isn't as high as it used to be. It's just that the business and operation of coaches can actually, you know, be more remote instead of having to be hands on and being in the coaching drills and stuff like that. Um, I saw, of course, you know, Lewis Riddick was saying like, yeah, of course you get tested at the combine and those types of things and having that on the field conversation, which scouts and coaches are there and they share this type of information. You will get all the answers that you need. Hey, this guy only went hard for two plays. You can see that. Because Jim Nagy understands that also is that they have to be transparent to keep the prestige of that bowl up. Yeah, and I think he made it clear too that look, I mean, there's plenty of technology in terms of if they want to zero in on even a specific player, they can watch every single rep that they took during mm-hmm. Senior Bowl week uh, and obviously the game as well. But I think for this 
staff right now, like that was the most important thing to get together at this moment. And then they can go back and look at everything that happened at the Senior Bowl in terms of guys that they're interested in. But building a staff for the for the first time together as a head coach and a newer GM, I think it was crucial that they did stay back and keep that focus. And we've seen the results because there's been several hires yeah. um, that have been made. But I think just being on that same page, too, because you got to put together your staff before you, you bring in the personnel you want, right? Absolutely. So I think that was a really good answer by Rand Carthon, a really honest answer, and shouldn't be faulted at all for not not going down to the senior bowl. I thought this part specifically was maybe the most interesting thing he said about profile tape. Mike Keith asked Rand Carthon about what does a Titans wide receiver look like? How are you guys going about deciding this is what we want at this position. This is the kind of player we want at that position. And Rand not only gave us info on that, he also told us why hiring a staff will change the draft board as they already have it made. This was Rand Carthon on the OTP. I think we come up with that. We. The we. Um, because, again, I'm not, I'm not drawing any plays. I'm not doing any schematics. I'm not making any halftime adjustments. Um, I think if you look at what Brian has had in, uh, in Cincinnati, um, which is, you know, what Zach brought over, you know, with him from his time at the Rams. And, you know, I was a part of that transition period when Sean McVay came in with the Rams and Zach was um, on the staff. And one of the first meetings we had under Sean McVay was, hey, this is what our current roster looks like. Here's our evaluations on the current roster. And let's just use a receiver position as the example. But here's what we want in our X receiver. Here's what we're looking for our X receiver to look like. Here are the traits that we're looking for. And it was an education system on what it takes to be successful in the systems that they want to run. Right? So um, what we're going to do here is we're going to do the same thing. We refer to them as profile tapes. So every position will have a profile tape as to what that position specific is that we need to have to for us to have, build a successful you know uh, side of the ball if you will and so that's what we're going to do moving forward and again it shows you the importance of being able to have the coaches here in the building and be able to do those things and we're going to meet as a full staff we're in a very very unique situation um, in being here in the city of Nashville where I, it's pretty safe to say probably with the exception of Cincinnati because they have a, a very small scouting staff every single one of our scouts live here with the exception of two people and so it makes it that much easier for us to have these meetings with our coaching staff for us all to get on the same page for us all to speak the same language so as we're out there looking at players we know what it takes to play x in our scheme we know what it takes to play z we know what it takes to play f we know what the left tackle should look like and on and on and on and so that puts us in a unique situation where we can quickly get on the same page you know as a new staff because the, the 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 part about you know where we're at right now we just spent the the entire last spring and fall like scouting for a different scheme so now with this our board has to reset and our board has to reset based off of you know the schemes that uh, Brian Callahan and his staff want to run and so we'll be you know put in a unique situation where we could do that quickly because all of our people live here so there are a couple different aspects of that that are particularly interesting a just the part about profile tape and how they will sit down as a staff and understand this is what an X receiver looks like in our offense. This is what a left tackle looks like in our offense. It's hard to scout players 
in Mobile without knowing what kind of players your staff is going to want when the staff doesn't exist yet. So I think that's interesting and a little peek behind the curtain of the collaborative process that this staff wants. I think the other aspect of that, too, is the note that all of their scouts live here except for two. That's huge. And the fact that that conversation is still ongoing within the building and everyone's going to sit down together and hash those things out. Yeah, that that was big time, man. Uh, and then also the acknowledgement of change. They acknowledged mm-hmm. that last year they were scouting for a totally different type of player. The board was set for Tim Kelly's style. It was set for what the Titans have potentially been doing for years, right? And now, the fact, they have to switch that up. Again, we, we got a lot of answers to a lot of things that I think we'll see play out. The thing that's super unique is this. Well, of course, you could ask, well, what does your left tackle look like? I, I could have asked that question, right? But it's one of those things is, well, we got to see what that guy's, what, what his availability is going to be either in the draft or free agency. Because I don't think they have the, the left tackle that they're looking for right now. That's what I think is super unique. And I immediately wrote down, you know, the profile conversation. If we expect last year's profile to be somewhat what the draft gave us from Rand and even Vrabel last year, then you got to look at, okay, they, they have a Tajay type. I think that's probably a Rand type of guy and probably a, a Brian Callahan's type of dude. And, of course, we're still speaking about the O-line and stuff like that, right? Like, Peter was drafted as a left guard, but he played left tackle too. Depending on what Coach Brian Ka- Bill Callahan does, he may actually stay left guard. You know what I'm saying? Just because their profile suggests that this is how we're building our offensive line, and we got to see this play out too. This won't be a, hey, you're going to get a direct answer. I think when you see people in place, probably over the next two years, you will get an idea of what the identity of a Brian Callahan's-led team is going to look like. And I think that's super unique that you can somewhat be patient in saying, we got to figure that out for him. You know, he said earlier, it's about what we want to look like, what what we want our profile player to look like. And he dove a little bit deeper, too, at some point in time by saying if there are injuries that come up during the season, and they do, you're not scrambling to go figure out who's available. Because if you have your list in tiers of what's next or who's next in line, hey, you uh, in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, we need you to sign this week because you fit our profile. And that way, at least the, the the tempo and what they're expected to play and look like doesn't change much at all. Again, the, the secret is there are no secrets, really. Mm-hmm. You understand what personnel is and how teams are supposed to look, and it's even better when your offensive and defensive co- coordinators know that stuff, too. Yeah, it seems like there's definitely structure from the start with this uh, new group and still building the coaching staff, obviously, but between Ran and Brian Callahan specifically, it's it's nice to know you were saying like there's no secrets. I do feel like in the past with the Mike Vrabel era, there was a lot that was unknown in terms of who was really doing what, right? Remember when Shane Bowen was the defensive coordinator, but not technically the defensive coordinator yeah. until the next year? There were so many questions surrounding that season of what the heck is going on. And then when you're not, you know, able to get off the field at third down. Whose problem is that? Is it Vrabel's because he's technically uh, not named Shane Bowen, the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator? I remember there were so many times 
specifically under that regime that there were so many questions of who's doing what or what's happening or who's in charge. And I think it's nice and refreshing that Rand Carthon has kind of come out and say, hey, this is the structure. This is what we're looking for, whether it be the personnel or who's doing what, who's handling yeah. the business. I think that is refreshing to not only to you know the players probably, but the fans. Rand Carthon spoke about that communication and the ability to have an open dialogue within the room. And certainly, we've learned a lot about why this move was made, why Mike Vrabel is no longer the coach. And Rand gave more insight into the kind of culture he and Brian Callahan are looking to create here in Nashville. You know, I'd be remiss if I if I didn't say like the the football part and Coach Matt could attest to this. The, the football part, the X's and O's part, pretty much takes care of itself, right? You you know who the good coaches are, you know where the good schemes are. Um, but like I've always said, we care about the people. You know, the, the, the everybody talks culture, 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 but culture is the people. You know, and so we want to make sure we're getting the right people. Um, you know, and then you go through and you're interviewing people and you realize his connections. You realize my connections and our, our ability to, you know, get people on the phone that can help us figure out the people. Right. You can turn on the tape and see what the X's and O's are. There's only so many different football drills you can do um, to get you ready. Um, but that's been our driving forces to make make sure that we're getting the right people. And I thought it was really cool of him, even the coaches that he has history with, you know, and not just saying, hey, I'm going to flat out hire this guy. It's no, I want to get this guy in front of you so you can feel him and also cover his blind spots. If it's someone he's worked with for so long, like, hey, you know, did I miss anything? Am I missing anything? And for again, I'm not in there asking questions. Hey, can you talk me through the this protection and how would you adjust? I'm more so listening, um, seeing, you know, and I'm looking at him, understanding what he wants and how they're going to be able to fit in with him, not only schematically, but how they're going to be able to support him throughout the building. Everything is going to be a conversation yeah, in that building. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing with, with Rand Carthon that he's made clear always is I want communication. Um, you know, the collaboration use, use of words, you know, last year, I think it's different this year just because I really do believe that Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan, they're not always going to be on the same page, but I think they're always going to be comfortable with like putting out exactly what they're thinking and then coming together and figuring out how can we make this work the best for the team. And I feel like if you have that structure from the top and they're that forthcoming about it early on in the process of building this new staff, then it it is a lot more easy to follow what's going on than how they're going to build this team because that's the biggest question when it's all said and done. And both of them have excellent background in connections because they've yeah. been in the league for so long. You ask other people about Rand Carthon in the business, they'll be the first to tell you like, oh yeah, Rand, he's awesome. Like had a chance to meet him and so-and-so and he he's connected to this guy. And I feel like the same for Brian Callahan. Everybody you've heard talk about him, whether they be yeah. players or former coaches, they say the same thing. So I think it's a good um, match from the top, you know, building this team right now. It's uh, the, what what I also got from it too was they're not just hiring people just to hire. Yeah, the fact that Rand was able to be brought in and vet some of the people that Brian wanted to interview, I thought was super unique, man. And just hearing their their breakdown, and that was an, uh, another thing that we talked about in the room too. Is Rand was like, I'm not looking for yes, man, and neither is Brian. If you're good for us, be good to us also. And that's going to handle itself. Uh, I don't think you're going to say, hey, he got a room full of his buddies because that's what 
That's why they're doing these checks and balances mm-hmm. to say, Coach, if you don't like him, say something. And he made that very apparent in a room with us, Rand did, that, look, this staff has to work, and they have to be workers also. And, and to be in a position to where they can – build this thing up the right way for the long you know for the long term effects of watching it be prosperous he, he over reiterate he, he reiterated reiterated that time and time again this it's not just for a year to year right this is for a long stretch of time here in nashville and that that's a part of it is not just hiring people because they have a name mm-hmm. although brian callahan was not an nfl quarterback there is still a former player perspective in the room with Rand carthon Ramona asked Ran about how he uses that former player perspective every day as the job of general manager. We'll play that audio coming up next. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! the hills so what is like your number one question from fans the primary question i still get asked was what is it real (laughs) (laughs) in 2024 to me is a surprising question to get because i feel like everybody has been through the reality tv gauntlet at this point what women binge wherever you listen RKW is brewed by Ain't the Roast on 104.5 The Zone. Coming up in hour two, Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel in 30 minutes. Always one of our best. Talk some Tennessee hoops as they host LSU tonight. Plus a win for the NCAA, but they may have won the battle. However, we get more info that they're likely going to lose the war against Tennessee. Details on that coming up in 15 minutes. Your phone calls at 615 737 1045. Ramon, you asked Rand Carthon about how his former player perspective helps him as general manager. Yeah. I thought this was an interesting response from Rand in the official Titans podcast, the OTP, as it is affectionately known, where you can subscribe wherever you download podcasts. 45 minute sit down conversation with Titans Radio and Rand Carthon. This was Rand as asked by Ramon about. The player perspective helping him in a front office job. Ran on this side of it as a former player, when you got to the front office and the scouting and just building teams and um, just setting guys out to be their own, was there certain stuff that you saw as a player, as a younger guy in this league, that you said, if I ever get the opportunity, I'm going to do these things? And are, is this, this why you're forward thinking and the stuff that you've done here in Nashville so far? Well, my playing experience played a, a huge part in how I you know, plan to do business uh, moving forward. I think I've said you know a lot in the past about not wanting to discuss family business in the public. Um, you know, you saw that. Well, I saw it throughout my career, you know, guys' contracts being talked about in the media, being talked about in the locker room. Um, it's just, you know, want to keep our family business in-house. There's going to be enough noise from the outside that can add, you know, gas to the fire, if you will, because those are contentious moments, you know, when you're talking to a player and players, um, 
you know, want you to see their value and their worth, so to speak, but then there's a market for that, you know, and having to get them to understand. So those can be contentious moments, you know, from within the house. You don't need anything from the outside playing a part. But then also, you know, um, a player like myself who was on five teams in three years kind of bounced around. So I've been cutting every which way possible. Um, and I always said that we would want to take a humane approach to that process um, and just show, you know, just show everybody the proper respect, you know, no matter if they're the number one player on the roster or the 53rd player on the roster. As another former player, Ramon, what sticks out to you from what he says there? Taking a humane approach to it. Um, a lot of people like to ridicule the process of how you hire and fire people, right? And and Rand's approach to it, I think, is the, mo- is the best way about it because you never know when you're going to have to revisit with the player. You cut a player before he's going to, or as soon as he get off the practice field for you in a situation like that, you somewhere, you know, d- demean these guys, you know? And and that's what Rand is taking from it. And also the, the conversation that a lot of the, the stuff that comes out of the building is probably going to stay in-house now. You know, there was a lot of conversation around this Titans organization for a while as far as what players were saying, what coaches were saying, what the locker room is like and stuff like that. And I think when you have a coach like Coach Callahan and Rand pretty much have to be on the same page by establishing this way of operating, that look, family business is family business. We got to make sure that we take care of ourselves. And I think that somewhat centralizes everything when it comes down to the play on the field. If the play is good and everything handles itself, then we ain't got to talk about nothing else. And I think that's where they're trying to get to. It really it gives an appreciation for what I continue to say again and again. Right, y'all? The players matter. And I think when you make the players and empower them to the, the idea that they can roam and and really set down the laws that you establish, it ain't that the players are running it. The players have to enforce, and I think that's their approach to doing this type of stuff moving forward. Yeah, the tidbit at the end about, you know, we'll handle it, when we have to maybe cut a player, we'll handle it in a respectful way. And everybody probably experiences something different from organizations when they're cut, right? But that led me to the bigger picture on how that I feel like their approach is with the team as a whole. Like they're not going to treat the walk on or the free agent type of player uh, different from the star player in terms of how they are in that facility. And I feel like overall that's going to make for when somebody leaves, you know, just because their time's up or, you know, they couldn't afford them. It makes for less conversation outside of that building because everybody was kind of treated the same inside the building. And I think that that will be big under Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan as a head coach, as you know, you're getting that respect from the head coach not everybody is going to be perfectly in line with everything they they do. But if you respect your coach like that, you're going to, when you leave, be like, you know what? I might not have agreed with everything we did, but I respect the hell out of that guy. Yeah. Do we as media need to hear more from Rand in year two than we did this past year? I love hearing from him, but that doesn't mean he has to talk. Sure. No, I think at this point right here, Brian Callahan takes over and mm-hmm. run. So do, do you think that Rand's insistence on not speaking in the media as much as maybe his predecessors have is more of a him thing or more of a that was just him in year one figuring out the job no i just think that's going to be the way it's going to be from here on out thing i'm not sure in in many other organizations where the gm actually speaks out other than combine coaches meetings and beginning of the season three Uh, times a year usually yeah and and there, there are times you know occasionally where john was made available 
if I'm not mistaken, at trade deadline, things of that nature. Right. He was. They make a move like it, it, he was. He did not speak as much as John did this past no. season. And I think John liked to speak. Honestly, from from what I got from my time with John here, like he actually wanted to speak with the media. He would sit down for a good amount of time too, whether that be in Zoom during the pandemic or in person when you know we had the opportunities. That's not the vibe I get from Rand. Not like he doesn't want to talk to us, but that's not necessarily his job with everything he does. In certain situations, yes, I think it's good to have the GM there. But overall, I don't think you have to hear from him all the time. He he made us understand a lot that yeah. he's going to be out of the way of football. And I think we right. just hear there, too, of like when I was a player and when I was in a lot of different locker rooms, it was a distraction when things were negotiated publicly and spoken about publicly. Mm-hmm. I think that that soundbite gives us the answer to our question that this is Rand's just philosophy. And that's fine. It's his choice. He doesn't owe us anything. But that's the way he is going to run things because he felt like as a player when guys way above his head spoke, then it's a distraction in that locker room. And and I think that's where Rand's former player perspective is important and valuable. And he can do his, he can do things his own way. And that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And I think he has reasoning behind it where it's not like he's just not speaking because he doesn't want to speak in the media. He's going to sit down and have conversations like this. And there's 45 minutes of, of really good nuggets in there. So again, check out the OTP, wherever you download podcasts, we'll, Continue reacting to some of the things he said as the show continues uh, this morning. Because it's a really good conversation. And uh, credit to you, to Rhett Bryan, to Coach Mack, and Mike Keith uh, for a really good sit-down with Rands. Good stuff. Yeah, fun stuff. Coming up next, though, the NCAA won the first battle, but they're likely not going to win the war. New details and new developments in Tennessee versus the NCAA. Next. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen.